Welcome to the Ecrasia MD Podcast. I'm your host, 41Jake. I'm here with Dr. Richard Hopkins, and we are doing everything we can possible to help you find your own Ecrasia. We want you to be happy. We want you to have time with your family. And most importantly, we want you to have balance in your life. We've got a great show for you today. Let's go. All right, welcome to Eucrasia MD. I'm your host, 401 Jake, along here with Dr. Richard Hopkins. We are so excited today. We're going to kick off and really dive into financial advisors today, but this is part of our series, Advisors and Fees. And those are two topics that are really important and critical to understand. And we're going to dive into really two questions today. Do you really need a financial advisor? And once you determine you should, which we hope we can kind of explain why that is a good case for saying yes to that answer to that question, but also how to find the right one and what things to look out for so you know what next steps to take. So I want to kick it off with a quick story though about value versus cheap. Now I have five kids. We love summertime. We love just having fun outside and and finding people to have pools and spending time with them. And one thing we like to do is have snow cones. Okay. And in Utah, snow cones are not like what you have in Hawaii or we call shave ice. So a few years ago, I bought a cheap snow cone machine off Amazon. I thought, this is going to work. My kids will love this at night. It sucks. It, it doesn't shave the ice. It grinds it up. It creates big chunks. No one really enjoys it that much. It's kind of okay. And I realized I shouldn't have gone with the cheap option. Well, this year, I upgraded. I got something that was way better. It's actually shaving the ice. It costs a little more money. Not an extreme crazy amount, but a little bit more. And the experience that my family is having now, we're having lots of friends over and we're, we're being careful with COVID still, but we're still enjoying the shave ice a lot better. And it's, I realized that I shouldn't have been cheap the first time. I didn't get the same experience that I was trying to get by spending less. And so I reason I would tell you that story is because I want to relate it to paying for value, paying for the actual help you need and knowing what to look out for so you make a good decision with your money. So we're going to dive into, do you really need a financial advisor? Because there's a big, I think, overall feeling sometimes of doing it yourself. So we want to kind of explain some of those reasons behind why we don't believe that doing it yourself is always going to lead to good outcomes. So Richard, go ahead and kick it off. Talk about um, some things that um, we need to look out for to know if we should or shouldn't have an advisor. Yeah, I think, Jake, you have a good point. There's a real, uh, there's there's been a real bounce back from financial advisors to, Oh my gosh, I just need to do it myself. I can't deal with this industry that's making all my money off of me. And I think there's a real propensity for people to go too simple at this point. Target funds are awesome. I'd like target funds, but just to put your money in a target fund and leave it there and not have an advisor looking at out for you, uh, looking out for your entire portfolio, your entire financial life, your retirement, your uh, current, uh, your investing, uh, your donations, all these types of things can be too simple. Um, and the reason and, you bring that up, I think, is target dates are the default. So if you do nothing in your 401k, your money will go into a targeted fund, which has the year closest to when you turn 65. And so things are automatically happening without any real thought behind the decision of when you're going to spend that money, which is another reason to have an advisor. Well, I mean, there are, there are advisors on the radio and the podcast also telling you to just uh, put your money into 
large cap growth and leave it there. Uh, there's another one that says fire your advisor, you know, do it yourself. But physician uh, and dental finances are very complicated and they should be complicated because there's so many tax ramifications that you can save money on. And what I want to speak to uh, in the next few minutes is that a financial advisor should be a defensive animal, should be someone that saves you money, not one necessarily that's going to put you in the hottest fund and earn you more money. We want someone that's going to look over our insurance, our uh, disability, our life, our health, our car, our umbrella insurance, and save us money by making sure that when something bad happens to us that we're protected. Uh, the uh, stories that I have, uh, a couple of them involve things like a guy wanted to do a rental uh, and one of the tenants in the rental took out the batteries to use in a flashlight. They took them out of the CO detector, the carbon monoxide detector. Well, then the, then the smoke hits and someone has carbon monoxide poisoning, but there's no battery in that detector. And they sue the guy who was the rental person. So, so for example, we now tell all of our people that rent properties to make sure they put that in there that the tenant is responsible to keep the carbon monoxide detector working. You know, things like that. Uh, yeah, different risks that you might not think are there. That you might not think of. Yeah. And uh, tax savings are huge. You know, we talk about different ways to save money on taxes. One of the uh, things that I see frequently is someone that doesn't put in the $500 uh, deduction that you can get without any receipts. You can just throw $500 in there on your Schedule A for charity donations or something, and IRS doesn't even check it. It's a it's a quick 500 bucks off your uh, tax deductions. Uh, and uh, you know, other stories include uninsured, underinsured uh, people. If if some person hits you, maybe I live in a college town. Some uh, college student hits you in their car. Uh, oh, sorry, dude, I don't have any insurance. Uh, you know, what, what do you have backing you up? And most of the time it's $100,000 on your car insurance. Well, anyone who's a physician knows that you can go through with $100,000 pretty darn quick. And at that point, you're paying for it through your personal accounts. And so we encourage people, for example, to get uh, umbrella insurance with a rider on it for uninsured, underinsured motorists. Uh, so, which a lot of them got rid of that, right? I think a lot of umbrella yeah, policies yeah. got rewritten and they took that out because that was honestly, that's one of the claims, one of the only claims we ever see on those policies. So, looking out for those things is something that you, as a physician or a dentist, probably aren't spending any time paying attention to those letters that come. When we, put, when we put things in the target fund and just leave them, we're not thinking about all of these other financial decisions that end up affecting us. Uh, Jake, the second thing I want to talk about is what type of advisor do we want? And uh, that's such a hard thing because there's so many people out there advertising for your money for finances. 
And again, the thing I would emphasize is that the person you want is someone that's going to save you money through taxes, through keeping you safe, uh, versus someone who's going to make you lots of money in their great fund. They're, uh, the first thing you want to look at is that they're a fiduciary. And there's much less than 10%, some surveys say only 1% of financial advisors are fiduciaries. And a true fiduciary is someone that has your interest in mind. It's really unfortunate that the law doesn't require people to be fiduciaries uh, because they can be putting you in funds that are good for them commission-wise, but not necessarily the correct thing for your situation. The second thing you want to look at is make sure they're fee only. There's no commission fees, no 12B1 fees, uh, all of these other hidden types of fees. Uh, personally, if someone tried to sell me an annuity, uh, that would be a yellow flag. I'd have to really double check that, that that was correct for me because those are such high commission products that the majority of those are sold by people that are salesmen, not advisors. Uh, not necessarily looking out for your situation. Um, the third thing I would make sure I do is find a specialist. You know, uh, my, my wife went to a program once by the auxiliary, the medical auxiliary, and this nice head of the auxiliary had invited her neighbor who was a uh, financial advisor uh, for a firm, and he, he didn't know how to deal with a lot of the questions that the ladies asked because a lot of the things that he talked about, uh, the tax laws phase out at a certain amount. And if you make over a certain amount, you can't even do those things that uh, he talked about. And then my wife asked him about 529 plans, for example, college savings plans. And he really didn't know much about those. And so uh, you have to get someone that's used to dealing with your situation, such as someone dealing with physicians, dentists, professionals, higher net worth people, small business owners, uh, and uh, make sure that they are comfortable with your tax bracket and your situation. Uh, one of the things that you want to make sure you do is realize that you have a great offense in your job income. And so what we don't want to do is lose your position in the money game by letting down on defense. And so uh, what you can do for your next step, and I want to conclude all of these uh, podcasts as much as we can with next steps, would be to look up fee-only fiduciary advisors. And NAFTA, N-A-F-T-A, is an organization of these and they can help you find a fee-only financial advisor. Uh, Jake, that's- Yeah, can I touch I on that? Because yeah. there's a term that's thrown around a lot, fee-only, which is what you're talking about, a fee-only fiduciary, which has risk taken off of you and more on them because they legally have to do what's right for you. But fee-only versus the term fee-based. I've worked for both right. kind of firms. And fee-based sounds a lot like fee-only and you think, oh yeah, my, my guy's fee-only, he charged me you know, a certain percentage. Sometimes that fee-based term, what that means is they also sell commission-based products. So when they say, we're gonna put a little piece of your portfolio into this annuity, they're also getting paid 
a commission there, or we want to set up your life insurance over here and we're, we're going to get paid that way too. A fee only fiduciary will not be paid for a product. So selling one of those products. So you want to be careful because then you know, there's no conflict of interest. We've actually had success helping people put in place the right, uh, the right insurance because we didn't have any, any incentive to tell them to do it. So they actually follow through on what we told them to do. And what happened is there was a couple of families that really benefited because they had a, an event in their family that caused that policy to have a claim. And so knowing that you're the real intent or the real reason your advisor is telling you to do that is really important to understand because if they're getting a huge commission check, it's really hard to, to decide whether or not that's the right thing for you uh, because they have other incentives. So knowing those terms, you also touched on being a specialist. I think that's key because each scenario is a little bit different. Um, but when you have someone that has seen your scenario, they can add a lot of value. So you you might right. pay you know more or less or the same as someone else, but this person will bring a lot more value to you because it's the right solution because they know what you're going to go through. They know how you structure. They know how you're getting paid. They understand you know the the headache that you have when you do your taxes each year and those kind of things. So those three things I think were really a good a good guideline. Um, and so like you said, finding one look for those things, fee only, fiduciary, and a specialist. Um, and then next steps, I think just really taking a step back and saying, how, where do you turn for advice? Is it to your colleagues? Is it to your family? Is it to um, your neighbors? Like know that you need to get advice from somebody that is going to do everything in their best in, in your best interest that you also have the ability to fire if they let you down, <laughs> which is hard to do if it's family members. So that's always advice I tell people, like I don't do family with business. I don't think that can be a good scenario. We see it a lot and I get it. There's, there's relationships there, but sometimes those can lead to harder conversations with things don't go the way as planned. So look, look for your advice in the right places and, and do your due diligence and really research well um, is a key thing for next steps. Um, but to kind of answer the first question before we wrap it up is, do you really need one? I, I full heartedly believe yes. It doesn't even matter if you're just coming out of med school, coming out of residency, and you have no money saved, having a coach, someone that helps guide you from the get-go is even gonna give you more success down the road than if you have to try and fix a lot of problems that you screwed up on doing it yourself and Googling all your answers you know, close to retirement. So I absolutely yes, and then how to find one, we kind of covered that. So anything else to add, Richard? No, just that I, as a tennis coach, I've never seen a good tennis player come onto the court without having a coach around somewhere. You know, it, it's just crazy that we take this thing that's most important in our lives, our finances, our safety, our insurance, our uh, retirement, and we don't have a coach that we just put it in some uh, mutual fund and leave it. Uh, I think it's really important to have a second set of eyes and I have many stories to prove that. Right. Even the most talented people in whatever their profession is have coaches. Even the, the higher you get, the more chance you have more coaches and very specialist, specialist pieces of your life, right? Your, you know, your, how much you eat and all. I mean, there's so many areas, but in your finances, for some reason, there, we don't get a coach, get a coach. And, and I couldn't agree more. 
All right, let's wrap it up. Thanks for listening to Eucrasia MD Podcast. I'm your host, Vaughn Jake, with Dr. Richard Hopkins. We appreciate you listening. Subscribe, and we hope to hear from you and answer your questions in the future.